Did you know that the first stoplight exploded in 1868 and killed the officer that was working on it? Let me tell you about it. Welcome to Design Dive, the podcast that explores design that's all around us every Wednesday for just 10 to 15 minutes, so you can get on with your day. My name is Chris Downs, and whether you're a designer or just simply curious about how design impacts our everyday life, you're in the right place. So let's dive in. Today we're going to talk about the stoplight. Now, these simple three lights have been a part of our daily life for decades now. We've all been there at the intersection waiting for the light to turn green so we can get to work, and it's the ultimate test of patience. But have you ever thought in that moment, where did it come from? Well, let's go ahead and talk about that. We're going to rewind to the year 1866. In the UK during that year, road accidents were extremely common. So much so that during that year, 1,102 people were killed and 1,134 were injured. Now, those numbers are enough to definitely raise some eyebrows. That is a lot, especially at that time, horse-drawn carriages were extremely popular and there were, wasn't really any order to the roads. The only order at that time were officers in the middle of intersections directing traffic using hand signals. Now, imagine putting an officer in today's traffic in the middle of an intersection trying to direct, you know, maybe six-lane roads coming into an intersection. It would be absolute madness. But at this time, a man by the name of J.P. Knight invented a manual gas-powered signal. Now, this signal had two arms, red and green, that would come up signaling to riders when to go and when to stop, and a light up at the top that would catch riders' attention so that they knew they were approaching a signal. This signal was mainly meant to regulate horse-drawn traffic and bring some order to the chaos there. But have you ever thought about why red and why green? Why do we use those colors so much in society today to mean stop, go, uh, as well as potential other related things. Well, in the 1840s, railroads used a signal system similar where red meant danger, white meant safety, and green meant proceed with caution. They drew inspiration upon the early industrialization where factory mas machines used red to indicate the equipment was off and green meant that it was turned on. So that's where we get the colors red and green and their meanings to where the stoplights are today. But let's rewind back to J.P. Knight and his manual gas-powered signal. December 9th, 1868, the first signal was installed. Now, you might say, well, great, this is a, a step forward, moving in the right direction, and that's what everyone thought until two months later when a gas leak caused one of the lights to explode, it killed an officer that was maintaining it that day. Now, obviously, that is a horrible accident, and it was. It caused the city to pull all of those signals from the city and discontinued any sort of pursuit to pursue that 
invention of Mr. Knights. So we went back to officers directing traffic in the intersections, and that was until 1912 when the stoplight made a comeback. Automobiles were becoming more popular, and you can only imagine putting an automobile with horse-drawn carriages on the same road, just how crazy that was. And at that time, there were many more accidents happening, mainly because there wasn't really any order to the roads here. So a solution had to be made. Lester Wire, a policeman in Salt Lake City, Utah, created the first electric traffic signal. Now, this traffic signal was a yellow box, kind of looked like a birdhouse, and that's kind of what people mocking it called it, was a birdhouse-shaped signal that had a red and a green light on it that would be flipped manually by an officer signaling to riders when to go and when to stop. They... The city felt that it was unnecessary. It was maybe over-engineering something that was, you know, being done manually by an officer. But eventually it gained traction, so much so that future iterations were added on where a warning buzzer would go off, signaling color changes, and also allowed for emergency services to control the signals in case of an emergency. Now, by 1922, many of the traffic signals at the time were also being automated with timers. And this was a huge step forward because it meant that someone didn't have to maintain the light 24-7. Instead, it could be on a timer and it would just do its own thing. And it was more automated. A man by the name of Garrett Morgan during that time, he was an American inventor. He witnessed an accident involving an automobile and a horse-drawn carriage in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, this was a serious accident, so much so that it actually inspired Morgan to come up with an invention and file a patent in 1923 that would change the world. Now, what was this invention? He had a 3 light position system, where instead of just the two, the red and the green, he had a red, amber, and green. His light is a little different than what we know today. His had two arms that would come up signaling when to stop and would go down with a green light signaling when to go and that amber light indicating to riders when a stop was coming. Now, this was a tremendous step forward because it helped reduce the accidents on the road significantly. It warned riders that a stop was coming and they could prepare for it and ultimately kept them safe. This system morphed into the stoplight system that we have today and that we have Garrett Morgan to thank for coming up with that three-light system. Now, today it is much more computerized. If we go back to 1950, pressure plates were being put in the ground at intersections that would detect when a car approached the intersection on one side so that it would force the light to switch. This is another big step forward because we were moving away from timer-based signals to then behavioral based signals. So when a car approached an intersection, it would force the light to change. So ultimately, busier roads 
could get more traffic through than less busier crossroads that were going through that intersection. Now, ultimately, the city that proved that this could be done was Toronto, Ontario. They were the first to completely computerize their light system in 1963. This was a huge step forward because it pushed other cities to do the same because it proved that it could be done. Ultimately, that led to the system that we have today. Obviously, that's more digitized. We don't rely on pressure plates anymore, but we have those innovations to thank for where we are today. So the next time that you see that red light at an intersection that you might be extremely frustrated at or impatient to turn green so you can get to work, get to where you need to go, just pause for a moment and realize all that went in to design that system to the way it is today. All of it was extremely intentional. Was it an easy route? Absolutely not. It took decades to get to where we are today. But design is never perfect the first time. I am a designer myself, and never is the first iteration the best one or perfect. It needs to be challenged and iterated on in order to become the best version of itself. And that's our dive. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please follow the channel, leave a rating or review, and share this podcast with others. But until next time, keep learning, stay inspired, and remember, design is all around us. See ya.